Welcome to Mouth Off. This is the official podcast of heyyouguys.co.uk. As I said last week, it's hey you, that's the letter U, guys.co.uk. Okay, so do check out the site. Also, you can follow us on Twitter. It's uh, Hey You Guys blog. I'm John Lyas. I'm here with Dave, who's going to say hello again. Hello. And we are just going to have a look at what's uh, what's new this week, um, look at some film news, and uh, then discuss uh, the Oscars. We're going to look at Danny Boyle and his career, and also we're going to look at the subject of remakes because, frankly, the whole world's gone crazy and everything is being remade. So I hope you enjoy it. If you have got any questions uh, or any comments that you want to make, you can email a very special email address which we set up for you, and that's mouthot at heyyouguys.co.uk. Okay, so let's get straight into it. A few comments from last week. Thank you very much for everyone who's, uh, who's written in. One of the items that we mentioned last week was Dave's infamous Jerry Bruckheimer super shelf. The leg- uh, not infamous, legendary. Yeah, those are the words that I would use. And uh, Dave rather sportingly put up a photograph of his shelf. You can check it out on uh, on the site on on heyyouguys.co.uk. And it's it's it it is a super shelf. I think it has got all of his films, uh, including the disputed flash dance. Is that right, Dave? Flash dance, indeed. Yeah. Which actually, if I must confess, I've never actually seen, but we've been playing around with some uh, clips here, and here's a, here's a soundbite from it. This is John's favourite bit. Now, it could be the fact that the song Maniac could make me the maniac for having my Jerry Bruckheimer super shelf, but I yeah. don't think it does. Now, you see, that's why I asked you to play that, because it signifies everything about having a, a super shelf and having flash dance on that super shelf. But bonus points for not actually having seen it. Because um, <laughs> I have to say that Chris and I bought um, a double DVD box set of Flashdance and Footloose, and I'd not seen them before. I was kind of open to it, because you've got to be open to new things. And I haven't laughed so much in uh, in many, many years. They were the best pair of comedies I think I've ever seen. Uh, really, really of their time. Unintentional and, comedies, you mean? Uh, yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. They, they were they were obviously, you know, really important when they were out. But um, they, it's just not that kind of thing these days. Because you have the films uh, recently, like is it Step Up to the Streets and all that. And mm. I think a few other films that, that can kind of be... Um, uh, compared, please don't waste any time with them. They're they're fun. They're over they're over time and they're grand, but just don't ever watch them. Move on. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So um. So thank you very much for Dave for putting up that picture, and for having a, a super shelf because that's great. Okay. <laughs> So the first thing we're going to talk about today is uh, films that are out. Um, we put trailers on the site um, for most films that are that, that are coming out, and one that we uh, put up recently was a film called Franklin, which is out today, and uh, it deals with parallel universes and detectives within these two different realities that can switch over from one to the other. I haven't seen it. I haven't. I haven't heard that much about it. But it, the trailer looked fantastic. It looked like Terry Gilliam um, and uh, Del Toro type of type of fantasy. Hasn't got great reviews though. Um, I'm looking on Odeon.co.uk now, and it doesn't seem to be on at Odeon anywhere. Really? Yeah, it's not in their listing, which I guess would mean that they're not showing it. I'm I'm on IMDb now. Um, Franklin's got eight or seven point nine out of ten from 167 votes, which isn't that many votes, but still it's a high average. So absolutely, that would yeah. I mean, it was quite good. But you said Jonathan Ross wasn't so keen. Jonathan Ross wasn't so keen. I've I've read some 
really terrible like one star reviews of it people are saying that it has a great a great look but this story can't match up to it and it's a bit it's a bit messy i mean check out the trailer on the site and also you know do do some reading do some research but i think it's a british film so you know support support your british film industry and go and see it yeah, and if ever on the blog you can't find what you're looking for, top right hand corner we've got search. If you just type in there, just one word like Franklin, it'll it'll find it in there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, I, I I posted it because I, I hadn't actually heard anything of it, um, and then I saw a poster, saw the trailer, and thought if I haven't heard anything of it, then maybe other people haven't. So I put it up on the site, and people seem to like it. So I hope that the film lives up to it. It looked good, didn't it? We liked yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Well, we liked it. Yeah. Okay, and another film that's out is The International, which has got Clive Owen and uh, Naomi Watts. I believe. It has indeed, and the synopsis for this one goes something along the lines of... A pair of investigators are determined to bring the world's most powerful bank to justice, but the all-powerful bank will stop at nothing to bring the investigation and the investigators crashing down. Brilliant. Yeah. Dave, I think you've missed your vocation in life. <laughs> you're right now. Go, go, go and get a glass of water. Take my water. Uh, I have to say that the fact that... the I mean, it's it's very topical at the moment that there are a couple of investigators trying to bring down a bank, whereas the banks seem mm. to be falling pretty much by themselves. Yeah, they don't the need moment. any help at the moment. They're just, you know, no. they're free fall. <laughs> um, I haven't heard much about it. Um, I haven't obviously seen it yet. Um, but uh, I think trade will be up on the site. I think um, you can certainly get to it from our site. So do check it out. Mm. Who knows? Apparently, it, that is, it, it's a good film. And Jonathan Rosslighter, he said that the sort of the the last sequence is good and big shootouts and this, that, and the other. But um, no, it seemed good. Okay, I mean, slightly different types of films out today. Thank goodness, Confessions of a Shopaholic has just whizzed past us, and we haven't we haven't commented further on if that. If anyone has either. seen that, please, can you let us know if it's good? Because I, I I asked for that last week. No one's written in, but if you could, I'd like to know because I don't know anyone who's seen it. See, I'm quite hard by that fact that no one actually took you up on your offer and went to see it and then wrote into the site. I'm hoping that no one has seen it, frankly. But Dave, you you have to buy it. You realise this, don't you? You're going to have to buy it on DVD. It's a cherry, and I've got to extend my shelf just for that film as well. Although there's a f- I need to do that anyway. It's got on oh. IMDb. It's got five point eight out of ten out of two and a half thousand. Uh, sorry, two thousand and fifty votes. So um, that's not how, great, is it? Okay, but how many of those were Jerry Bruckheimer going in as himself and as other people and other members of his family uh, and adding, giving himself a ten out of ten? I mean, I think, like I said, I haven't seen the film, and I probably won't see the film. Uh, I'm sure if you like those sorts of things, then go for it, whatever. But you're a fool. That leads us nicely into a post that Dave put up on the site yesterday, I believe it was. Dave, do you want to say a few words about it? Yeah, I saw this on MSN Entertainment. They basically did an article called Why the Guys Love Girly Films, and I thought it was worthy to go on our site because some of them were sort of true. (laughs) Well, for me, anyway. So they had films in there like What Women Want, Ghost, Moulin Rouge, Meet Joe Black, which is Toilet, in my opinion, Titanic, that sort of thing. But then... Then again, they stuck in things like Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves and Groundhog Day. And in my opinion, and I think John's on the same uh, wavelength as me, they aren't girly films, are they? No, they're really, really not. But I mean, as, 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 I, as I posted on there, a girly film, I mean, it's really limiting descriptions. You know what I mean? Like, and you can apply it to anything. Is it a film that has a girly in it? Is it, you know, a film that's romantic girly in nature? It. It's kind of a pointless list simply because, you know, and I said it's on the site, show, show me a good film and I'll happily watch it whether or not it's considered girly or not. I had a recent argument on the site with uh, with someone about Sex in the City, and I said it was a vacuous handbag advert, which is exactly what it was. Uh, and you can't convince me otherwise. You can't spend two and a half hours 
parading around in the most fashionable items available with enormous price tags and then at the end of it say actually it's what's inside that counts because that's frankly that's balls and it's a real shame because the show actually was quite funny so that's probably a, that would be considered a girly film and in fact i was i was had a go at because i wouldn't understand it being a man but i think that's all balls too Frankly. And also, um, the thing that, kind of, that that struck me was Groundhog Day. That's that's not a can't really be considered a, a girly film. It's just a really really good comedy. Do you know what I mean? So, I think the the less of these uh, labels that we we put on films, uh, the better. Frankly, following on from what you said, John, um, we've just had a, a post literally as we're doing the podcast from Katie. Um, she says it's a secret interest from guys, perhaps. Maybe some part of them wants to be the leading man of the movie. Who knows exactly what to do to get the girl? And as as reality is much harder the leading man is always fallen for by a female audience what man doesn't want to be admired by millions that's one of my opinions i have many but i'll leave it there for now happy face thanks for writing katie that was a particularly good point and i think there may be more than just a small modicum of truth in that i think you're right so uh, yeah but we we will we'll, we'll leave it there do do write and do keep commenting on the uh, on the posts as they happen Oh, John, did you see I also posted How to Make Your Own Lightsaber, which is, um, there's a, I'd never seen it before, but there's an uh, internet television website called System, I think it is, or it might be Revision 3, um, but they do a show called Revision 3 System, and um, basically there's these couple of guys there that are quite funny, they're really geeky, and uh, they're geeky in an, in an American cool way, actually, I'd say, but they, uh, they basically showed us how the lightsaber in the original Star Wars in 1977 was made, and it's quite interesting because it was actually made from things like a flash gun from one of the old-fashioned cameras those things that you used to hold up with the big flash um that the handle of that was actually the lightsaber and it's really interesting you should watch it it's quite long it's but although the lightsaber bit's only about 10 minutes no it's well worth a watch if you want to, and i've put that on the site as well yeah i mean it's it's definitely worth checking out if you do have one of those old camera uh flash bulb things you can always make your own lightsaber if you do take a picture and send it in because we love that yeah for sure they they, they also show you how you can make it on a budget because apparently those flash handle things are um Oh, still about 300 quid if you want to buy it new. Or $300, I think, but it's still money that you may not want to spend on something that literally <laughs> sits on a shelf and doesn't actually do anything. But and it does look wicked when if you shelf. go to parties and things. Yeah, now, the other thing that I put up after that post was uh, Total Recall is apparently going to get a remake, and we've got a comment from Isaac. says the original was groundbreaking when it first came to a spe- uh, when it came to a special effects. It stands up against any today's CGI. I'm not sure I agree with that, but... Uh, for the for the time, I think it was brilliant. Uh, there's no way the remake will be as good unless they make some drastic changes and make it a different film. John, what do you think? You see, now the point there about, uh, about the article, and we have to say thank you to Isaac for writing in because it's a it's a it was a really good point. Um, if you're going to remake a film but make it a totally different film, just don't remake it. Just make a different film. Yeah. You know, it seems crazy to to sort of tag on the uh, the story to something. And I think one of the um, justifications they used for it was that they said, because we've now got all this CGI, we can bring it to a new audience and make it look fantastic. No, don't. Just give us the old film happily. We can watch it on DVD. We can enjoy it on DVD. You can spend all the money you're going to be spending on remaking Total Recall into making a new film Mm. with a kind of a new story. You can take uh, inspiration from it. You can steal from it even if you want to because some directors, you know, do that an awful lot. But they make fantastic things. It's like, I mean, look at Quentin Tarantino. He can steal from the best, but he can... And his his influences were, were many, many and varied and he would make something fantastic out of them because he would have talent himself. There's no point in spending all this money doing all of this uh, 
you know, new CGI with younger characters and, you know, making it, you know, ridiculous simply because you want to play off on the brand and the, the nostalgia factor. We've, we've talked about this quite a lot, but just recently this week, I think we had Total Recall, Never Any Story. Oh, yeah. And if you only had to look at the recent TV remakes in America of uh, like old 80s properties like Knight Rider or Barnick Woman, who, and they just crashed and burned or they're crashing and you know smoldering at the moment they're ridiculous they did really badly some 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 reboots some remakes whatever have have succeeded quite well but usually they are properties that are, that lend themselves quite nicely like star trek for example you can you seemingly can just remake that in as many forms as possible and people will be interested whereas something like night rider just just didn't do well people quite like the original but if you actually go back and look at it you wouldn't want to sit down every single every single week and you remember it you like it because you remember it when you were a kid other american sort of reimaginings remakes like Battlestar galactica that's done really really well yeah they really uh, went to town on that didn't they but they again like you said they didn't try and copy the exact format but there was no point because it was in the 70s it was all a bit sort of naff Mm. anyway and what they did was they gave it a good hard storyline they changed it you know when i remember when starbuck first came out and people found out she was going to be a woman um (laughs) it went crazy but actually now looking at the show you completely forget the fact that in the originals you had um dirk benedict as the original Starbucks and, and yeah, it was face and you know face and, and, space. and she's brilliant. Lila, I can't remember her name, but she's absolutely brilliant in the show. Um, I think it's Katie something, but she is. Um, you can obviously check that uh, at home. Uh, but yeah, I mean that that worked really well simply because you had um, a really really good story. The people who were involved decided not to take everything from the old series but they just took the best and they they made their own show from it yeah. to see what i mean i mean it is a really good reinvention of the show and this this comes down to um to what we're talking about with uh, with in terms of these remakes make a good film okay don't just make a lazy film that people are going to go to because they they know the name things like texas chainsaw massacre that the original was harrowing it was really dark and you know nasty and and kind of oddly funny at the same time it was the kind of thing that could never be recreated and yet it was it spawned so many sequels they've just recently remade it and i believe they're going to make a a sequel to the to the remake and in some senses you, you want to shake people who go and see it and say look there's a perfectly good film okay it's 20 years ago but what's you know what's your problem with that just go and see. You don't need to see, you know, people of your generation in there. There's there's good mileage to be had from uh, from old films. I have to say. Yeah, we had a comment from Nick one nine seven three four four on Twitter. He basically says, "Why why remake Friday the Thirteenth?" Um, so he's obviously not very impressed with it. Well, this is it. But I mean, and that's actually quite quite a fair comment. Um, I have to say that. If 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 you're going to remake a uh, remake a film again, just make make it a good film. I haven't seen Friday the Thirteenth remake, so I, you know I, I can't comment. But if it was a really good film, I'm happy to see it. But don't just do it lazily and then just rely on the nostalgia factor and the branding. Almost, it's crazy. We're having, you know, we're having films being being made because of you know because of people's familiarity with the brand. It's just insane. I was talking about this earlier with with Chris. And we were saying. Horror films seem to seem to lend themselves quite nicely to being remade. You've had, you know, you've had The Omen, you've had Wicked Man, Don't and bizarrely, you had Stepford Wives. Which, Dave, have you ever seen the original Stepford Wives? No. Okay, that that's one of these love film purchases. I uh, think you know, it's um, on my love film but no, because the, I have to say, the original, the original, it blew my mind when I saw it. I saw it last year for the first time, and it was outstanding. Everything about the film was perfect. The pacing was wonderful. The look, the characters, it was just full of weird 
paranoia. I'm not going to spoil it for you, but it's brilliant. And the ending, when it comes, could have been really hokey, but actually it's really, really effective. And the remake, they remade it with Matthew Broderick, Nicole Kidman, am I right in thinking? Right. Hang on, I'm on it. You IMDB that, but it was, it was a freaking musical, you know? And I have, I, again, I haven't seen it, but damn, what's the matter with you people? Don't remake it and call it The Stepford Wives. Take inspiration from it. You know, call it something different. Don't sully the name of the original. Don't let people walk into a, a DVD store and say, right, the Stepford Wives, that's what I think of it, and I'm going to go and buy it, and I'm not going to see the original because I've seen the new one, and either I didn't like it or I liked it too much. Do you know what I mean? Mm. You, it could have been anything else. Yeah, you're right. So it's got an average of 5.1 out of 10 from 22,000 votes, so that's pretty rubbish. Yeah, that's Nicole Kidman, generous. Matthew Broderick, Bette Midler, Glenn Close, Christopher Walken. So we've got an amazing cast, but like you and say. I, and, yeah, and, but that's exactly my point. You have an amazing cast. You spent you know, tons of time on this film. You had writers, you had directors. What the hell are they playing at? Mm. You could have made a fantastic film with them, with all the talents that were involved in that, and not made it The Stepford Wives, and not made it Pants, and not made it 5.5 out of 10. It's just insane. And the, and the thing is, it, it bothers me because it's lazy. And now, I mean, we were talking about this earlier, the fact that you've got the economic crisis as it is, people at uh, studios are much more likely to, to push money into films that they know will grab the nostalgia market. Uh, they'll have a ready-made audience um, and also be able to you know, make it relevant in inverted commas to, to, to today's audience. Do you know what I mean? Mm. It's going to be far easier to to simply push money into something which they know will have a, a certain return, whereas they won't push money into something that's going to be maybe a risk, and that's really bad for us because uh, we're going to have you know all of this money, all of this talent going to waste. Yeah, it's not good, is it? But the trouble is that, like you say, the studios are the ones that decide where they put their money, and if they know that they're going to get a crowd pleaser and they're going to recoup their money, then they'll um they'll do that, which is bad yeah, for the, the consumer. Yeah, and, and and I completely agree with you. But one of the things that will actually lead us quite, lead us quite nicely onto the Oscars is there are there are obviously you know indie studios um, that are putting films out, and some of them are getting great you know great successes, uh, like Slumdog, which will you know with Slumdog Millionaire, which we'll talk about in a second. But if you've got a particular particular way of, of, of distributing your film, like the internet now, I mean with with streaming media, with uh, you know the rise of video sharing sites. Anyone can make their own short film or their own film for you know relatively cheap amount and have a global audience instantly. Yeah. And I'm thinking that if if studios are going to keep you know rehashing the same old ideas, people are going to get more and more cynical. Creativity is going to be be stifled, and uh, I think people are going to start looking elsewhere for their sort of you know imaginative uh, imaginative cinema. So. Yeah, John, do you remember a couple of weeks ago I put that um, post up called The Hunt for Gollum, which is basically when they released the trailer for their new film, and and what it is is there's a there's a load of chaps that. Um, have pulled in together all their resources, all their friends and anything they can to make a, a really, I think they made it for three $3,000 in total. Um, and it's basically, it's from the appendices that um, J.R. Tolkien um, added to The Lord of the Rings, which um, Peter Jackson didn't touch on when he made this uh, epic trilogy. But they've um, they've gone through and they've made, using this tiny budget, I think they made it in Wales, or parts of it in Wales, um, and filmed this this film, I guess, but it's only 20, uh, forty minutes long. But it's going to be. It looks brilliant. If you haven't seen it, go to thehuntforgollum dot com, and you can find out a lot more about it there. But have you seen it, John? Did you see the trailer? I did see the trailer, and actually, this is this is touching on a, um, a part of the uh, part of the debate because this is in essence um, remaking something that, that's already found a form in the appendices. Do you know what I mean? So they've taken inspiration from it and they've made something new. Yeah, no, which is great, I think, and that, it'd be great to see more stuff like that. 
Absolutely, and I think with consumer electronics is at the point now where you can have a decent camcorder for like 300 quid or whatever. Yeah. And as long as you've got the dedication and as long as you've got the inspiration, you can make a fantastic film and stick it up on the internet just like these guys have done. And uh, I think that, that the model is changing, and I think that, that that can only be a good thing, just as long as what's important and what's coming to the fore is uh, you know creative, uh, inventive cinema, because you know now everyone's involved in a way they couldn't be before. Yeah. So it's it's a really exciting time, as long as we don't just keep putting up with the same old stuff. There was um, I was just thinking about this. If you if you're going to have all of these remakes coming out, and there are, and the reason we're talking about it now is because there have been a hell of a lot that have been announced that's recently. All we read about, every, isn't it? Every day you see a new one that's going to be remade. Exactly, yeah, and and you start to think, you know, like the, a, a great example is is the Karate Kid. You're going to have Jackie Chan and Jaden Smith. It's going to be in China, which none of which makes any kind of sense, and it, it's just a recipe for disaster. It's completely ridiculous. But there's films um, that we could look forward to, like The Legend of Chung Lee, which uh, we touched on last week, which we both <laughs> can't, can't wait for. I've already booked my tickets to America. To a different so country to hide to from. Yeah. No, I'm going to try and try and find out where it's premiering somewhere <laughs> in the world and go and see it and just laugh heartily laugh throughout that. the whole thing. Um, <laughs> I've just had a thought. Chun Li, and I know this because uh, I'm a bit of a geek, is Chinese, and the the actress playing her is not Chinese. I think nice. in the same way that Jake Gyllenhaal is um, is playing the Prince of Persia, which is another video game adaptation, and he is not. He's neither a prince nor is he from Persia. Mm-hmm. So it's a bit of a farce, I have to say. Yeah, they're not um, casting there very well. These casting people are getting paid a lot of money to not do a very good job. Well, I have to say that um, I've, I've listened to a lot of podcasts from Slash Film and um, they always uh, you know, rip the, uh, the, the casting decisions, particularly of these types of films, mercilessly because they are so ridiculous. Mm. Like, whereas you've got, um, I think when it was announced that um, M. Night Shyamalan's Avatar The Last Airbender which is his next film apparently there were four main characters in this and they were all Asian I believe I've not seen it but um, they didn't actually cast any Asian actors in the in the lead roles and you're thinking this is you know this is not the way to do things mm. anyway we're getting slightly off topic now so let's just you know let's, let's haul it back on track um, remakes you know make good films don't just remake bad films that will be rubbish hey, hey. we will hate you for it frankly <laughs> Uh, oh, actually, I have to say this is this is something for, the, for for people who are listening. If you can think of a film that is guaranteed never to be remade, then do let us know. Email mouthoff at heyyouguys.co.uk. I've only come up with one that I think will never ever be remade, and What's that's that? the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Yeah, you can't see it happening, can you? Maybe yeah. Citizen Kane or something like that. But there must be films out there that are just immune to this remake culture. I really want to know what, what people think about it because there have been some horrific remakes. We've already, te- we've already trodden on the Stepford Wives. The Wicker Man was another one. The Wicker Man um, is apparently the film that badmovieclub.co.uk are going to do next. So um, look out for that. So it's basically where everyone watches the film at the same time and Twitters about it um, and basically laughs constantly at the how rubbish it is if you haven't seen well, the wicker man don't bother just wait for the bad movie club.co.uk to do it and then watch it with everyone else and just slag it off it's brilliant <laughs> you see i saw the first 10 minutes of um of the nicholas cage uh wicker man and uh, the original is one of my favorite films of all time it's it's an have you seen the original dave yeah i watched because i watched them the wrong way around i watched the remake uh saw how bad it was and then watched the original and thought actually that wasn't so bad so i can see why yeah. they remade it but it was just a shame that they wrecked it yeah, they really did. And the point is, they 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 didn't have to call it the Wicked Man, did they? 
No, they could have called it. This is a pile of. They crap. didn't have to have. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> and it would have been it would have been a better a name. And at least you know what you were going in for when you went into the cinema. But um, yeah. well, that's it. Okay, um, <laughs> okay. So those are those are those are remakes. That's fine. We've, we've talked about that quite a lot. The reason that we, we were talking about um, indie films is because uh, Slam Dog Millionaire. I didn't know this, but it was originally going to go straight to DVD. Yeah. Um, which is just crazy when you consider how how well it's done and how much of a global phenomenon it, it's um, it's become. Dave, you blogged the Oscars for us. I did. Thank I got up nice and early in the morning. I couldn't believe it. I woke up. You know, first thing I thought about was I've got to go and see who's won the Oscars because I'm geeky like that. And uh, I was overjoyed when I saw that. Um, well, all, pretty much all the results actually. The only one I was a bit surprised about was that Sean Penn won Best Actor. Um, I thought that would go to Mickey Rourke, but other than that, with Kate Winslet winning for the Reader, and then obviously Slumdog. Winning pretty much everything else, and Benjamin Button we thought was going to get the best effects, and it did uh, visual effects. And um, yeah, I couldn't believe it. I was so pleased for Danny Boyle, and uh, his speech was brilliant when he jumped on the stage like Tigger because he promised his kids that that's what he was going to do when they were <laughs> little. So I thought it was a really touching moment. Actually, I thought it was nice. And it was typically British in in sort of kind of a weird, quirky, understated way. And it was just weird to see so many so many British um, people up there, um, and so consistently. Uh, when we did this podcast last week and we were just talking about the way we thought the Oscars were going to go, I said that I didn't think that Slumdog was going to get Best Film and Best Director, but it turns out that it did, which is you know absolutely fantastic. I think that's a, a real coup for, for Danny Boyle and his film. Yeah, and I was overjoyed when I saw that um, Man on Wire won Best Documentary as well, and I, I loved the fact yes. that the chap, I can't remember his name, but the, the way he balanced the Oscar on his chin. If you haven't seen it, go on the BBC website and there's a photo there of him balancing on his chin. Um, I'm sure and if you've never seen on Man on Wire, you just go and watch it. I just keep saying it, but it's so good. Dave, I still haven't seen Slumdog Millionaire, which uh, as the weeks go on, I get more and more sick to my stomach. To be honest, it's a travesty, John, and it must be rectified. How can I even think about posting on a movie blog when I haven't seen one of the you know best films of this year ever uh, one of the best films ever until that happens I'm going to keep posting and maybe one day I'll get to see Slumdog um, but Dave what I wanted to just have uh, a chat about today is, is Danny Boyle um, because I think he is such a fantastic director and he's not often recognised um, particularly as he's had a bit of a bit of a dodgy run recently I saw um, Shallow Grave which I think was his first film when I was at university and just fantastic, a really, really good film, fantastic leads. You had Ewan McGregor, Christopher Eccleston and, and Kerry Fox and, and Keith Allen was, was also in there as well. It was such a fantastic film um, of like weird, you know, um, urban paranoia. It is, it's got a really fantastic cast, really, really great premise. The, um, the disintegration of Christopher Eccleston into a bit of a psycho is really, really fun to watch. And uh, the ending is also really fantastic. Ewan McGregor with a big smile on his face. I'm not going to spoil it for you if you haven't seen it. But Shallow Grave, it had one of the first moments I ever saw in the cinema. It's the uh, bit when the music kicks in, in in the credits and I was just hooked the music is, I think it's by Leftfield, and it was really, really fantastic um, uh, introduction to, uh, to Danny Boyle and, he, and his film. Uh, Dave, have you seen Shallow Grave? I haven't seen it, but I'm just looking at his list now because I'm not so huh? familiar with him. But I've seen actually quite a few of them. I, my favourite on it, so if I just run down a few of what he's done, he's done obviously Slumdog, he did Sunshine, he did Millions, 28 Days Later, Alien, Love Triangle, I don't know, da 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 da, Beach, he did, Lifeless Ordinary, Train Spotting, Shallow Grave. They're the biggies he did. He did one, two episodes of Inspector Morse. Yes, um, that's true. But yeah, no, out of that list, my favourite films are probably 28 Days Later, 
and the beach. I think I know Slumdog's pretty top, but um, Sunshine I thought was rubbish. I didn't like Sunshine either. I mean, I thought it was a really interesting premise. And the thing is, Danny Boyle will always give you something different. Mm. The reason that I was interested to see Sunshine is because when they were doing the fourth Alien film, they offered it to Danny Boyle. Now, he turned it down. This was when I think he just got to Hollywood after the success of Trainspotting. They offered him Alien Resurrection. He turned it down. And um, Jean, Jean-Pierre Junet came in and uh, and did, and did a, his own version of it. And I always wondered what would have happened if Danny Boyle had actually gone on to direct an Alien film. It would have just been fantastic going from train spotting where you have this, you know, really, really gritty fantasy, you know, awful, squalid nastiness, um, and you go straight to into space. The the transition from train spotting to aliens would have been a really fantastic one. And even though Sunshine did kind of disappoint, I think uh, in the end, I think there was just too much. Visually, it was stunning, and it had some really, really good ideas in it. But if you look at things like Twenty Eight Days Later, that's a brilliant film because of the way it's shot. I think that's that's what stands out for me about it the most. Is it's not so much the story's good. I mean, it's it's basically if you haven't seen it, it's, um, like it's, it's like I Am Legend. But um, I think I Am Legend was supposed to come out before Twenty Eight Days Later in uh, in, in the nineties, but they never got it in time because of various reasons. But Twenty Eight Days Later came out, and it's about a chap who wakes up in the morning and then discovers the fact that there's no one else left in the in um, in London, and he walks the streets like Will Smith does in New York the chap in the film walks through the streets of London with no one in them and it's just the way it's shot is amazing it's actually really really eerie and I remember yeah, seeing really that in the trailer to, uh, obviously you know I live in London so it's so odd to see it like that and they have a bus on its side and of course that's like a really you know good iconic image of, of, of London with one of the sort of you know red buses being on its side and there being no one around and it it's when he it's when he meets the sort of some survivors and then literally all hell breaks loose. It's just incredible. It's one of the, I um, think it's probably my favourite sort of zombie film. I don't know if you'd call it a zombie film, but it's that sort of thing, isn't it? It's like I Am Legend. If you haven't yeah, seen it, you should. What I would say is, if you are thinking about seeing I Am Legend, don't bother. Um, yeah, I'd read, say that too. Read, read the book. Later. Yeah. The film makes a complete hash of it, and it will ruin everything about it. See Twenty Eight Days Later. Read I Am Legend. The uh, the original story that then uh, you get a much better appreciation for it. Mm. So you know, I'm I'm a big fan of 28 Days Later and 28 Weeks Later. I thought was pretty good as well. Yeah, I thought it was alright. Well, he did a bit of a bit of directing on that. He did, he wasn't a director, but I think he did a bit of second unit directing, and I think he liked it so much that there's talk of him doing 28 months later. Which, really? Yeah, I'm happy to see 28 years later, 28 <laughs> decades later. He's as good as the, the first one, and de- and the second one, like you say, wasn't too bad at all. So if they're as good as those, then yeah, bring it on. And I think the the reason why I really enjoyed it is because you have the tower block in Twenty Eight Days Later. You have the the father and the daughter, and the and they're living through this horrific time. In some ways, that's what I love most about Danny Boyle is that he brings the characters to the fore, and he'll create these situations. He'll show you the world they live in, and then he'll just zoom in and he will focus on the way that they deal with the situation. And in the same way, uh, you know, you can look through all of his films. Shallow Grave was just this fantastic piece about these three you know gits of characters that you know have this opportunity and then basically you know try and screw each other uh train spotting is just a really really you know awful grim fairy tale that with, with fantasy but it's always about the characters and how they deal with their situations you can go through danny Boyle's films and i haven't seen slumdog again so i would imagine this is the case but you know it's it's about it's about characters and he brings that out more than more than i think more than most Mm, no, it's good and he's got a real talent for it. And uh, I don't know what his next film's going to be, but whatever it is, hopefully it'll come pretty soon. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah, we're big fans of Danny Boyle, and uh, I should really see Slumdog, shouldn't I, really? Yes, without a doubt. 
Okay, um, that's kind of wrapping things up, Dave. You got anything else that you want to say? No, I think that's it. Um, but thanks very much for joining our second podcast. And check out heyyouguys.co.uk for all the latest news and reviews. Follow us on Twitter at heyyouguysblog. And uh, yeah, send us an email. I've now added a contact us section in, on the blog. So if ever you want to send us an email, then feel free to do so. And you can email us if with regards to the podcast direct at mouthoff at heyyouguys.co.uk. You can also subscribe to this podcast via iTunes. So if you just go to iTunes and type in Hey You Guys or Mouth Off, uh, you'll find us through that. And if you do like any of the things that you've heard today, if you have any comments on any of the films we've mentioned, if you've decided to go out and buy Flash Dance and the Stepford Wives, I don't want to know you. Um, but do write in because, you know, you're... you're I want to know you, listeners. I want to know you. Okay. Dave will Dave will listen. I will listen. I'm here for you. I'm uh, here for you. We can start a support group. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. I'm happy to not be a part of that support group. So. But, you know, whatever, whatever films you do see, do enjoy them and uh, and do write in um, and that'd be fantastic. We can read a few comments out on uh, on the podcast. We'd love to hear from you. Thank you very much for joining us. There'll be another one of these, I think, next week, Dave. I'm sure we'll do another one of these. Hopefully, yes. Uh, we'll hopefully do another one in a week. If it's not, then it will be in the not too distant future. And uh, remember, listeners, don't forget Chester Copperpot. Chester Copperpot! Don't you guys see? Don't you realize? He was a pro! He never made it this far. Look how far we've come. We've got a chance. Chance at what, Mikey? Getting killed? Look, if we keep going, someone's really gonna get hurt. Maybe dead. Besides, we gotta get to the police. Maybe Chunk already got to the police. Maybe Chunk is dead. Don't say that! Never say that! Goonies never say die! I'm not a goonie. I want to go home. I forgot. But still, don't you realize? The next time you see Sky, it'll be over another town. The next time you take a test, it'll be in some other school. Our parents, they want the best of stuff for us. But right now they gotta do what's right for them. Cause it's their time. Their time. Up there. Down here it's our time. It's our time down here. That's all over the second we ride up Troy's bucket. <laughs> <laughs>